Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Paychecks Thrive Podcast. My name is Gene Marks. We appreciate you guys listening and watching. I have an old, old friend of mine uh, joining me today, Oris Stewart. Uh, Oris and I met everybody like when we were in seventh grade uh, back in uh, Masterman School, which is in Philadelphia. And then we both went to the same high school as well. And then Oris, like you and I, like we really, we just kind of like went our separate ways after high school. Like I, you know, saw your name and about, uh, and I guess you did the same as well, but we just never, where are you living now? So I'm in a North Central New Jersey, a town called Wachung, about okay. an hour commute from New York and an yeah. hour and a half from Philadelphia. Okay. So, you know, not that far from where I am in Philadelphia, but um, yeah, I regret it because I, I, I like knowing you back in middle school and high school. And, and actually, so this is like a really great opportunity to get back together again. So thank you for joining me. I'm glad we're going to have this My conversation. Absolutely. So everybody, so this conversation is about DEI, you know, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, Oris now runs um, you know, a consulting firm called Inclusion Instinct LLC and is a board member, which I'm going to ask you or us about in a minute, but prior to this, he spent seven years at the NBA, the National Basketball Association. His most recent position was uh, Executive Vice President, Chief People and Inclusion Officer, which I guess is um, corporate speak for DEI, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. DEI and HR. That's right. Uh, tell me what Inclusion Instinct does. What is it? What, what is that firm all about? That firm is all about working with organizations that, number one, believe or recognize or, or hope to understand how diversity, equity, and inclusion can impact their business positively, can help them grow their revenues, build new customer relationships, deeper intimacy with customers that they may not know as well, uh, invite a broader and more diverse group of employees into the organization, just get more out of the people that are associated with that organization. And so, uh, we, we work with organizations of all sizes, but primarily we focus on organizations that really do want to make meaning and create value out of DEI. So I travel a lot and I speak to a lot of industry groups, Horace, okay? And I just, I just want to be clear, you know, when I, when I speak to these groups, these are all like industry organizations, manufacturers, distributors, service people, that kind of stuff. Um, I look at the audience and there could be, you know, 150 people there, there could be 500 people there. It's still a bunch of like old white men, you know, I mean, I, you know, I look out there and it's predominantly a male audience It's predominantly a white male audience, um, you know, and, and maybe that demographic is starting to change over the past few years, but it's still pretty overwhelming. And yet having said that, it, honestly, when, when, when I ask them, cause we do talk about labor and employee issues about right. DEI, yeah. They're all in, you know, like they, they see the need to diversify their businesses. And in fact, I don't even know, like if the argument, like the, the benefits of diversifying, I think you've won that argument, but the question is like, what do they do? So if, if you were going to consult with, you know, with, with, with a company, um, they're in the Midwest, they're, you know, makeup of their employees are generally skew white, generally skew male, just that you, whatever, but they do want to diversify themselves. Um, how would you help them? Like, what would you tell them to do? Well, I would start with spending 
some quality time answering the question why. And I think you're right. I think generally speaking, conceptually, we've made that case, right? People get it, maybe even get it uh, from an instinct standpoint. However, it requires a lot of energy to break patterns. It requires a lot of energy in many respects to make decisions that are outside of our comfort zone, to make decisions that might be against our instincts, uh, quite frankly. And, um, and so it's important to have an extremely powerful, strong rationale for why this is so important to the business, uh, not conceptually, but where we're going to leverage this strategy to drive value. And from there, we can build a plan. So, so that's, that's where you have to start. You've got to answer the question why. And your, your colleagues, your clients, they can, they can start to answer that for themselves. Why do I care about this? Is this about me getting more clients that and growing my business in spaces where I'm not currently you know, succeeding or performing? Is this about retaining you know, more young people? Because diversity is about you know, the things you mentioned, uh, ethnic background, gender identity, uh, et cetera, physical ability, but it's about so much more. It's about generational diversity. It's about thinking and cognitive diversity. And so uh, it's important to understand why I'm doing this, why I'm in pursuit of this, what's getting in the way of my business success, and so that we can solve for that. Because there's so much that this field covers. And if we don't have a, a level of precision about what we're pursuing, like any other business objective, then you know we're, we're doomed to fail. You know, it's, um, you know, the point that you make about the why is, I guess, very, very critical because the tone's going to come from the top, I'm assuming, right? So it's the CEO and the C-suite executives, even at a smaller company, you know, they got to be all in on this all initiative in. or else it just fails. And therefore, it, this can't be something where they're checking off a box or they're right. doing this just so they can win a specific big corporate customer that requires diversity. It's got to be a little bit more meaningful than that. It's, it's got to be more meaningful because there are going to be points where you're going to have to make decisions that, uh, you know, are, are going to be uncomfortable. You're yep. going to have to do something new and different that you haven't done before. And if you're not all in, as you just said, if you're not convicted, if you don't have a rationale, if you're not in pursuit of something specific, you know, it's, it's going to fall of its own, fail of its own weight. And, uh, and so that's why it's so important. And, and, and then, you build a plan. You build. Okay, a plan. we're going to talk about this plan in a minute, but I, I got to ask you one. You know, one other question is: um, is it is it so bad to have a a profit motive for doing this? You know, I mean, people try to they couch DEI as like it's a moral thing to do, an ethical thing to do, and I get it. It it is, but you know, these people again. I'm thinking of these people I'm, I'm speaking to. They, they are running businesses, and they want to you know they want to profit. You know, and and. You know, if you hear, if, do you ever say that to your clients or is that like, hey, listen, there's there's nothing wrong with doing this because it's it's the right long-term financial reason for your business? No, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think there's everything right with that. And just by way of additional background and context, I was originally an electrical engineer by undergrad academic training, MBA. I was a strategy consultant, operations consultant for, for a bit. And so when I came into this work 23 years ago, Gene, I came into this work to approach it as a business issue, solving business problems. And so my orientation in this work has always been that this is not only the right thing to do for your customers, for your community, for your employees, and for your supply chain, but that this is also an essential business strategy. This is about 
adding value. This is about more revenue. This is about managing your costs more effectively. And so I've always approached it that way. My colleagues that I work most closely with have always looked at this as a business problem. And I would argue if you're a business organization and you're not pursuing the strategy for at least some very compelling business reasons, again, to our earlier point, it's going to be hard to sustain, if not impossible. Okay. All right. So we've established the why and you've got buy-in. Then you say you need to make a plan. So tell me what that entails. Now, let's, it, it really does depend on the strategy, but let's pick, uh, pick a couple of data points. So let's say that you've decided for whatever reason that you've got to diversify your workforce, uh, that when you look at uh, the, the makeup uh, of your po- work population, it is not sufficiently diverse. It's too homogeneous It's for, for whatever reason. You're not getting the innovation that you want. You're not appealing to certain customer groups. You don't have insight and instincts into, you know, what your clients want. Or in some cases, perhaps for some of your clients, they have said, we need to see more diversity on your senior leadership or whatever, because it kind of speaks to your core values. So if that's the case, you got to do something that's not really easy. You've got to make an appeal to a more diverse group of, uh, of employees. You've got to tap into talent pools that look different than the talent pools you've been pursuing up until this point. You've got to create a value proposition and a brand awareness for folks who don't probably don't know who you are. And as a CEO of a smaller organization, a mid-sized organization, what that often means is that you, senior members of your team, have to go out and build new relationships in different places that are going to give you access to this incredible talent that might today be outside of your reach. So, so those are the things you've got to do from a talent standpoint. If it's about uh, getting into new c- customer areas, well, I'd argue you got to start with the employee side first. You've got to bring the talent in that can help you understand how to access these new groups of consumers and customers and clients. And so I, I think it always comes down to making sure that your workforce as diverse as it can possibly be. Uh, and that means you've got to go and find talent in different places. You've got to fish in a different pond where you're going to get the same you know, uh, outcomes. Uh, and just one, one finer point. Unfortunately, it's not enough just to set your sights on some folks who are new and different. You've got to also address the organization itself, the culture, the vibe, the the environment that those folks are going to show up in. Because I can tell you from personal experience as an employee, personal experience as a CEO, but also from observed experience working with clients around the world. If you bring in people of difference from what you already have and what's actually probably worked to a certain extent in your organization and you don't address the environment, it's going to be like organ rejection. I just got my hip replaced. And so, you know, one of the things you had to do is make sure, you know, that uh, your, your body accepted it in a certain way. So similarly speaking, you've got to prepare your organization as well. And you've got to address the culture appropriately. Did you just say you got your hip replaced? That, I, that, I slid that in there, Gene. We really I, know we're not that old old. I know we're not old enough for that. We are really getting old. Jeez. <laughs> now you're really depressing me. You know, you, um, you mentioned about the culture of a company. I literally just read uh, a week ago. I, I get you know, notices from the uh, from the EEOC, and they're going after this company um, that um, the business owner of the company because they hired like a trans worker, 
and uh, the trans worker was getting abuse from other members of of their staff, and uh, and then the business owner. <laughs> The, the person that was giving the most abuse that the trans worker complained against um, was like a black guy. So, you know, then the business owner was like, oh, well, I'm either going to be anti-trans or I'm going to be racist, you know, because so, and he's caught in the middle of this. And then literally, you know, C got involved because the, the, you know, the trans worker complained. It is, it's a real minefield of, of different things, which is, so to your point about culture, you're right. If you're going to start bringing in diverse types of people, different that look and sound and you know and act differently, um, you've got to set the stage for the rest of your employees. How do you do that? You know, I mean, what 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 kind of preparation do you give your employees? Uh, just to simplify it, let me just say there really are three critical steps. Okay. Uh, and the first is to communicate organization wide what that original rationale is, the why that we talked about earlier. It's, it is critically important that everyone understands why this is so important for the company and why it's so important for them as individual employees, why this really is going to create a better value for them. Number two, you've got to have some courageous conversations and learning experiences that help them understand what, uh, the, this, uh, what you're moving to, what, what you're expecting of them. You've got to create uh, a sense of, what the uh, new culture looks like and feels like and what the expectations are around how people are going to act and behave. And this is not complicated. We learned this in kindergarten. You treat people with respect. You treat people fairly. But as part of that conversation, you also help people understand why some of their natural reactions to difference might get in the way of what they know is the right thing to do. And so, you, again, you that second step is helping to prepare people to be more inclusive. And that's not easy. It requires a lot of energy. And then the third piece is incredibly uh, critical as well. You've got to create accountability. It's not enough to create expectations, but you've got to hold people accountable. You've got to measure how they are performing and behaving around these issues. And you've got to measure the culture. You've got to ask people how they're feeling in this new environment uh, over time. So, so those are, that's a, a really simple framework for positioning your organization to be more effective, not only at attracting different talent, but keeping them and letting them do their, their best work and be their best selves. On your point about measuring, I mean, are you, do you lean more towards um, emphasizing and making a bigger deal about the diver, you know, the diverse employees that are now coming into their company, or ignoring it like it's not a big deal. Do, do you follow what I mean? Like, I'm kind of curious where you, you know, where you lean on that. Yeah. What'd you do with the MBA? You know. It, well, first of all, it's an incredibly uh, appropriate question, and and there's so much uh, in, in that uh, that question yeah. you just asked. Let, let me let me answer it this way. Uh, I firmly believe that our objective. Our end goal, our, our, our long-term view is to get to that point where we don't have to have the conversation, where it doesn't matter, where we treat people as people, where we yeah. have this instinct for inclusion. That's why and you I do realize both you and I will have a full head of hair before that ever happens, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. there's, there, there is a path to get there. There really is. Uh, <laughs> okay. and, and that is having those conversations and being honest because we do see, whether we like it or not, we do see difference. Not only do we see difference, Gene, we react to difference. We react to difference in some sometimes direct and, and, and clear and conscious ways. And, but 
most problematic is we react to difference in small microwaves that just like acid rain drip on things until, you know, before you know it, um, the nose drops off the statue. People have come in and left the organization. You, you, you know, eliminated value in the company. And so I think the path there is to measure the difference, to have a conversation about it, to prepare people for this longer term objective where we really have built the skills to accept people and recognize people for, for who they are as individuals. Okay. So you lean on talking about it and being more visible about it. And, I okay. do. I and do. Do, you, do you think that that, I mean, could, I mean, that could also put some of the employees themselves, the, the, you know, even the newer ones, make them feel a little bit more That's right. um That's right. uncomfortable, right? I mean, you know, I mean, but you know, but then again, they can I guess it just depends. It depends on the culture of your it, company. It depends on the culture, depends on where you're starting from. Uh but yeah. when I say talk about it, it there's also a a thoughtful and and strategic way of having that conversation. Right? Sure. You're not you, sure. you're not talking about it in a way that's going to hopefully alienate anyone. You're talking sure. about it in a way that's constructive and inclusive and positive and forward looking. And and guess what? You make you're making changes. And so this is just a part of change management. And if you ignore these changes that you're making and this ambition that you have to be a new and more inclusive organization, well the weight of history and the weight of inertia will keep you in the same place. I'd argue you can't get there from here without being very active in that transformation process. Okay. That's great. You know, we've been talking about, you know, we, we have these employees and bringing them into our culture and how to, how to manage them, how to, you know, how to, how to gauge them. Um, but what about finding them? I mean, I mean that in a sense is the biggest issue. And again, this gets back to what I said before when I talked to these business owners and they're all like, yes, we do want DEI. And they're like, we don't even know where to, where, where to find these people or what to do. Cause you know, employers are so used to doing a certain thing in a certain way. That's right. And, and they're, they're, I think they're missing, you know, pools of talent. So give me some advice, give our, give our listeners some advice. I mean, imagine that you are, you know, that 55 year old white male running a 50 person or a hundred person company yep. in the Midwest. And you really do want diverse, you know, more diversification. You've realized you're, you're all in, yep. but you're like, I don't know where to go. Like what, what, yeah. what advice would you have? Well, the first thing I would do is, uh, make sure I'm patient. About it. You know, I, I've set my mindset recognizing that just because I decided today, Monday, that I'm going to pursue this, I'm not necessarily going to have uh, a pipeline of great talent that fits in that looks different in all the ways I want by Thursday or Friday, right? This it's a process, just like anything else in the business. So you've got to establish a level of patience. But uh, the the next thing uh, that is essential is to look at that whole recruiting funnel. I, I, this is one of the things that we we did at the NBA. We've done a lot of. I've had the fortune of doing a lot of organizations. Every step of that funnel, from the job description to the initial hiring manager conversation, to the to the ad and where you place the ad, to your resume review and the assessment of, of talent coming in, to the interview, to the final selection, every single one of those steps, in many cases, is working against inclusion. It's working against diversity. It's working to reinforce the status quo. So you got to start with the job description. And you, there are tools out there. Uh, Textio, T-E-X-T-I-O, is an example of a, a relatively new AI tool that'll look at a resume, excuse me, look at a job description, and it'll assess whether or not you're likely to get more or less diverse applicants for it. 
So those are the kind of things you got to scrutinize and make sure you've got real requirements and not just preferences in your job descriptions and your ad in your job ads, uh, because it will turn people off inadvertently. Number two, you've got to go and source in some different places. Or again, to our earlier point, fish in the same pond, you're going to get the same fish. That can be very uncomfortable because now I'm recruiting at perhaps a school that has more diverse talent uh, or students coming out of that school. Or I am uh, working with talent firms, and there are a bunch of them, a bunch of really good ones that are very effective at introducing diverse talent to you. But I'm working with firms I may not be as familiar with. And so so you've got to tap into some different sources. And, and there are a lot of them out there. You can, you can Google the diverse recruiting and diverse talent firms. You'll find lots of uh, resources at some point within proximity to you, wherever you're operating. And then again, to our earlier conversation, you got to prepare yourself. If I'm looking at a resume that looks like all the resumes I've gotten before, and I know lots of successful candidates that have that profile, it's going to be harder for me to look at this resume with a name that sounds different, right? With a background that may be a little bit different, went to a school I'm not as familiar with. Maybe they went to an HBCU. If you said you want to get more black employees and you're like, you know, what is this university and how good is this talent? You've got to prepare to try something different. Uh, and so lots of steps. It takes time. It takes investment. But you really can have success here. And so um, that, that's I'll pause there. But uh, you got to take that first step, start at the top and look at interrupting bias and interrupting uh, your recruiting process at every stage to make sure it's as inclusive as possible. It's great. Great responses. Um, I only have a couple more questions for you and then, then you know, I'll, I'll let you go. I just uh, you, you do mention about patience and you also spoke earlier about metrics. So. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about time frames. I mean, you know, when somebody goes, you, you know, the way we live in this world that we want like immediate gratification, this does not seem like something that's going to happen overnight. So what do you advise your clients as far as like how long a process this should be and what, what type of results should they be looking to see? Well, let me, let me start by saying, this starts out, as we've discussed, as a process. Right. But hopefully this becomes entrenched as just a normal way of doing business. And I, I do want to make that point that if we if we keep this in the man, in the mindset of, you know, this is something extra I have to do, again, it'll become something that fails of its own weight. However, um, you know, what uh, what this takes is time and, and that time frame. Well, for a smaller company, you can decide to do something different. The CEO can say this is important, can hold a meeting with his or her senior team and can start that process immediately, uh, can incorporate it into their regular dialogue on a, on a weekly basis or periodic basis. And so a smaller, mid-sized organization actually have a much easier time when you Add a person or two in a hundred-person organization. You're moving the needle, <laughs> and so uh, so you can make a difference quickly. Uh, what I would say is think about let's just say your hundred to five hundred-person organization. You know, think about the progress you're going to make over the course of a year, and think about uh, that progress in terms of number one. Let me just measure: Am I doing things differently over the next? three to six months? Like, am I, t- am I measure my, uh, my processes first? 
so often we just jump to measuring outcomes and we say, oh man, we haven't improved our diversity within the first six months. Well, it takes longer than that. So start by measuring your process. Yes, we said we're going to do these things differently. We built this plan. We're actually executing the plan. And then start looking at outcomes more over a six to 12 to 18 month process. And then I'd say there's a third piece here, measure perceptions, right? And measure behaviors on the back end as well to make sure that you're uh, sustaining this over time. So how long does it take? It doesn't take long at all to, to initiate the process. It may take, you know, three to six months to develop a strategy that's going to work for your very unique organization. Sure. Uh, and it may take another six months to really find that you're putting those practices in the place and starting to show results. So I'll, I'll suggest that as a, a time, a, a time scale. Good. All right. Two more questions. First of all, um, I, I have a good friend who uh, he runs like a window and doors business and yeah. he um, he's never, he tells me he never really has much of a recruitment issue because he, um, he looks around at people serving him at restaurants, people that are yeah. in retail stores, you know, like really good, smart, you know, people, they tend to skew younger, different diversity. Uh, and he's just like, listen, you know, we saw windows and doors, you know, I mean, I could teach anyone to do this. I can't teach them to have the right attitude, the right, right. you know, that's you know, right. the show up to work on time. Like we can do that. And I guess that's the, the question I have for yours is that if you really are committed to diversity, you know, would you, if you were running a business, would you take a chance on a less qualified candidate that you think that you can teach and groom um, to reach those goals of diversity? Or would you tend to lean more towards the more qualified candidate that would not push you towards those goals of diversity? Do you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's uh wow. That's <laughs> a, another <laughs> thoughtful, really thoughtful it, question. And I would say there's, there is no single answer here. Yeah. Right. I, I, first of all, I'd say, number one, there's nothing wrong and everything right with looking at people of difference with different capabilities and backgrounds and experiences. And so one of the issues I have with your question is the idea that someone that doesn't have the same specifications of what has worked in the past is somehow less qualified. Good. They may not have the, the same set of background uh, or, or, or qualifications that would let them step into the job and immediately do what your expect, expectations are. However, they're bringing a set of qualities, if you're picking right, and characteristics that are additive, additive to the culture, additive to the way you think about uh, your business and, and execute your business. And so if you allow for that difference, then you can actually bring in someone with a different, not less qualified, but a different set of qualifications. And as you said, teach them, teach them the business, teach them the game. And you do enough of that, blend in some folks who know the business. And you know, before you know it, your business has evolved quite dramatically. And, and, and let me just say, just say one, one comment, maybe that is responsive to so much of what we've talked about already. Yep. We're not pursuing, certainly we're not pursuing business as usual. You just keep doing what you're doing. I'd argue we're also not pursuing incremental improvement. Right. You, I believe you go down this path, this DEI path, because you're looking for uncommon, exceptional outcomes. You're looking for transformation of your business potential. And, and you're looking to really uh, drive 
un, uncommon, uncharacteristic value in the space you operate. So uh, I, I did want to not miss the opportunity to, to share that as a, a way to think about this because it, it's going to take energy. It's going to take time. Um, but the, 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 the payoff is, is incredible. So my final question is, first of all, or I should even, I should know, do you, do you have kids? I have four. You have, wow. Okay. So I have three and I'm assuming cause we're like same age, like your kids in their twenties, you know, yes. more in that range. Is that yes. about right? Yeah. Okay. So I don't My, my question is this, like, doesn't this all just, will just ultimately resolve itself. <laughs> like when you look at your kids and you look at the friends that they have and yeah. you look at their gender with everybody that's always making fun of the millennial generation, the Gen Z's or whatever. I mean, can we not agree that it is a very diverse um, and more, a more compassionate generation, both of them, than I think our generation is or our parents' generation, you know? And sometimes I'm like, you know, we're making all the trying so hard to, to, to hit this diversity thing now, 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 when like I could just see the future and I feel like when my kids are, are our age, when our kids are our age, it, things will be significantly different to the better than they are right now. I mean, what do you, what do you think? I, I believe that. I agree with that. I have to. Uh, I'm an optimist yeah. by nature. And so, uh, and by the way, my kids remind me that uh, I've got work to do, even though I've been doing this work for 23 years. I, I couldn't agree with you more. They are more natural. They've built more natural instincts for inclusion yeah. just because of the, the environment they've grown up in. I mean, the, the, their uh, access to information is universal and global. Uh, my, my sons, uh, twins, twin boys, they both went to college in the U.K., I mean, they, their, their, their uh, experience and exposure is not only diverse in a, in a U.S. context, it's diverse in a global context. So I, I, I think you're right. There will be some natural evolution, but there's a long time between here and there. And there's a lot of work we have to do. And I think there is so much opportunity that we'll squander if we aren't in active pursuit of this. And I think there's no guarantee that some of the uh, structures that have been built up over so much time won't, you know, find a way to fight back and, and stay in place. So I, I think we have to be uh, aggressive in our pursuit of inclusion and diversity. Um, but I do think uh, we have fertile ground in the future with uh, the younger, younger groups of folks. Or Stewart spent seven years at the NBA as the EVP of Chief People and Inclusion Officer. He now runs Inclusion Instinct LLC. Or do you have a website? inclusioninstinctllc.com. Sounds good. Where we provide consulting services to help businesses, I guess of all sizes, uh, reach their DEI goals. So that is great. And also Oris is a member of the 241st class of Central High School. So we're most proud of him for that. (laughs) Hey, uh, it was great speaking with you. It was great seeing you after all these years. And we will definitely talk after we stop recording. I have a few things to, to say as well. But Oris, thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Appreciate you. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.